Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi, friends. Welcome to this podcast. I'm Estefi, and I'm going to be your host. And I'm here with Caro, my co-host for today. Caro is the founder of Blot. Este episodio lo hacemos en español o en inglés. En inglés. Sí. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> As you can see, welcome. Welcome to our English friends. Welcome to Take Three Talks. Um, so why don't we start before I give you like the little blurb of like what blot is and all this stuff, I want to really start with Caro, um, with you, who are you? Um, kind of just paint a picture for the people who are listening to us and tell us just who you are, what you like, um, and all the things. So tell me. So hi, my name is Carolina. Um, I am 26 years old um, and I'm the founder of Blot, um, which is a period underwear brand created here in Ecuador. And um, yeah, basically I studied art history in college and I went to Switzerland. I lived there for four years. And then I lived for a few months in New York and then I moved back to Ecuador. And I've been sort of floating around ever since. <laughs> oh my God, what a world trotter. Wait, <laughs> so you studied art history where? At Franklin University, which is an American school in Switzerland. Wow. Yeah. How did you even end up? How did you? Okay, so let's just start <laughs> with like the start, the fact that I also wanted to study art history, but I couldn't do a double major at Pratt with art history because I had too many credits and, you know, you're international, whatever. And I've always been obsessed with art history. I, like, stupidly love history, especially art history. Um, Majorin is really funny because he's really bad at history. He's really bad at reading. He's really just not good at any of it. So I was always the one that helped with the history stuff. Um, but, yeah, how did you, like, how did you decide that you wanted to study art history? Did you know that your whole life or was it, like, Oh, you went to like you graduated from school and then you were like, okay, I guess I'll do art history in Switzerland. Like, how did you end up there? The second one, definitely. Um, when I graduated high school, I was 18, but you know, if you didn't go to college right away, it was kind of like you're a failure. It's like, what are you doing? So I didn't want to go to the States, but I had already had like a US based education, I guess. Um, and I wanted to go to Europe, so I looked for an American school in Europe, and I found this really small university. It was like 500 people um, in the southern part of Switzerland, and I basically did like my first year. I just like floated around all these like courses and trying to find out what I liked because I didn't get into school with like an idea of what I wanted to do, and so like when I had to declare my major I was like oh, what am I good at <laughs> and it was kind of like yeah I like museums and going to galleries and <laughs> I'm not an artist so I guess I can do like art history and I kind of chose it because I had to choose something um now that I look back um I think I was too young to be in in university I I would have liked to go like a couple years later um because at no point when I declared my major, did I think like, what am I going to do after this? <laughs> like with this, um, I just was like, I'll figure it out. I'm sure something will mm. come up. And yeah, when I graduated, things did come up. But, you know, it was just like very expensive to be an art historian because um, wherever I went, I only got internships and I didn't get paid for them. And when I came back to Ecuador, it was like, 
you needed to have so many connections to get into the museums here um, and galleries. And it, I was just like not into it once I had to like actually get into it. Mm. Yeah. Wow. What's really interesting is that. So, OK, you went to Switzerland, you studied art history and then you went back to New York. You went to New York. And what did you do in New York? Well, I went to New York three times. So the first one was summer of 2016, best summer of my life. <laughs> I think I will say that until I die. Um, I hope I have a better summer. Why do you summer. think it was the best summer? <laughs> um, it was the first time I went to New York by myself. And I went to do an internship at this like photography magazine. And it was not serious at all. Like It sounds really important, but it really wasn't. Um, but what was really important to me was like the experiences that I got to live there. And just like I everything was so new and I felt very stuck in Switzerland. I went at a point in my college career or pathway or whatever where I felt really stuck because I was in a really small town. You know, Europe like is beautiful. It's amazing. And I got to travel a lot. But, you know, on the day to day basis, like this city was just kind of boring to me. Mm. And I just didn't feel very fulfilled um and suddenly I was in New York and I was like wow this is so rich in every freaking way like <laughs> every there's always something going on and you know my like I don't even know how old I was but my 20 something year old brain was like wow so like <laughs> like literally flying colors in my brain I was just like wow this is amazing and I met a lot of people and I kind of learned to be by myself and comfortable by myself mm. there because when I was in college, I didn't really feel comfortable being by myself. I mm. did spend a lot of time alone, but I wasn't happy with it. But in New York, I was like, I don't care. Like, Oh, New York has yeah. a way of making it so that when you're alone, you're just so full of love and people and yeah. movement and light and anger and sadness yeah. and happiness <laughs> and New York has a way of just mesmerizing you. Mm -hmm. Where were you living when you lived in New York? I mean, like the first time. That first time I lived in Greenpoint and I, I fell in Greenpoint. love. Like I, I, my dream is to go back and live there someday because it's just so chill. And um, it my has the best places to have, yeah. like, get drinks and food. Yeah. So good. And like little bookshops and like, I don't know. Just Vintage like, shops, furniture yes. shops. That's what we used to get all of our furniture. Actually, oh one God. of the only pieces of furniture that we brought was one of our vintage credenzas that we yeah. bought in Greenpoint. Wow. Um, yeah, so many beautiful spots in Greenpoint. Yeah. And it's like you're in New York, but you're not in the chaos of. Like, it's a little yeah. bit more quiet. That means so. that you took the G train. Yeah. I did. Oh, that G train, man. That G train's <laughs> the got <wait>. stories. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, because the G train was the one that we took at Pratt as well, ah. because that's the one that goes like right down. Um, so, yeah, we used to be, we used to live off of the Myrtle Willoughby stop mm -hmm. in Green, uh, I mean, off the G train when we finally moved from mm -hmm. New York. And then before that, at Pratt, we were in the Clinton, um, what was it? It was Classen, and then the other stop was Clinton something, uh, but on the G train, yeah. So yeah. we spent a lot of our years in the G train. Um, and 2016 <laughs> was a year, the year that, like, the summer after we had graduated. So ah. that's so funny. We were oh in, like, the gosh, city at the yeah. same time. Oh, yeah. my gosh. 
Okay, so <laughs> you entered you interned at this um photography magazine mm-hmm. and you lived in Greenpoint and then did you leave at the end of the summer? Yeah, I left. I went back to school. I did my last year and then at the end of my fourth year of university, I met my ex-boyfriend. Well, I didn't meet him. We were already friends, but we got together and he was from Long Island. Well, he is. Oh. Um, and I was like, perfect. We're graduating. <laughs> I am going to New York. Like, like New York, here I come. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> boyfriend or not. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it better if I have a boyfriend. So, um, yeah, I just like went, uh, for the summer after I graduated, I just went literally to do nothing. I just wanted to do nothing. Um, and we spent like this really fun one month. It was like literally a vacation. I didn't do anything. Um, But then I wanted to come back, and so I got an internship at the American Foundation for the Arts, um, which is just an organization that plans um, art exhibitions around New York, uh, around the states. Sorry. Um, so yeah, I was in the curatorial department, and that was like an internship internship. Um, so I was there for like three and a half months, and. Yeah, that was more serious. Like that felt like I really had to do the work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that was really fun. I had really cool bosses. Like they just taught me so much. They were so willing to like teach me and stuff. And But it was just not viable to stay because mm-hmm. I it was so expensive. I wasn't getting paid anything. I couldn't find a job. And like it was just really frustrating. So I decided to come back to Ecuador and then like I was doing long distance with my ex-boyfriend and eventually I was like I can't go back to New York right now like I don't have a job like I can't spend more money more of my savings because I literally spent all of my savings going to New York um and so that's when I just kind of said goodbye to that part of my life (laughs) they always say that New York is the best in your 30s once you got like Mm -hmm. your shit together because New York in your 20s and in your like last of your I guess teen years because mm-hmm. I go to New York when I was 17. Oh we gosh. lived upstate New York. That's the yeah. first campus we went to. But yeah, they say that New York is best in your 30s because that's when you got your shit together. You got money. You can that actually like not take the fucking subway when you're really drunk at mm-hmm. night. You can just take an Uber. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, New York has a beautiful way of expanding your limits. Mm-hmm. Like we always say that New York is almost like this, like, trash machine you know that helps you just like you put in the trash and then (laughs) it just comes off like a nice little cube of trash i feel like new york is like that it like just spits you out in a way that is just like you become a whole different person like Mm -hmm. the people you meet the places you go just the subway like yeah the experiences that you're able to actually get like the food you're able to eat the drinks you're able to drink like just it's just like like you said it was like I think going to New York is like an extreme, like, sen- like sensorial, sens- sensory, sensory, sensory experience. You know, so. it's like yeah. sounds and like sights and it's stimulating. Smell. It's so stimulating. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. It's so <laughs> stimulating. Like no matter mm. what you do. Like I remember one time, it was Christmas and Major had his Christmas party at his office, and I had already had mine or something, and 
that night I took myself out for a date, like a solo date by myself. And I went like bar hopping by myself <laughs> in the Lower East Side. I ended up actually losing my phone. Then no. someone stole my phone. She took it by mistake. Then I found her because we <laughs> didn't found my iPhone through like he was in like yeah. somewhere else in his office or whatever. And I had to like drunkenly like run through the Lower East Side to like find this <laughs> oh, like no. underground like comedy place <laughs> where the people were with my phone. And then I had to get in a cab so I can like go to Meijun's party. And like oh it was so funny. But New York has amazing. New York has amazing ways of really just teaching you to be a whole different person yeah. in a way. Yes. And I love that. I love that we have that in common. Um, so then you got back to Ecuador and then what? Like what did you do or kind of what did you want to do because i know that you also did your master's right like yeah. your business thingy yeah um so i guess give us a little bit of that timeline yeah so when i got back i my sister works at film festivals here in ecuador she's like um communications she's into the whole thing but within the arts and culture and so she kind of was like i'll help you get a job because if no one knows you here no one's going to give you a job just straight yeah. off the bat so she helped me get like a job with her as her assistant and I kind of got into the whole like doing film festivals here um, and then I worked in the editorial department and you know I went through all these like different places um, and then in 2018 I wanted to move in with my current boyfriend and I just felt like I really needed to have a stable income. I just felt very insecure with like the whole like having to wait for the government here to give you the funds so that mm -hmm. you can, you know, pay for rent. I was like, no, yeah. I don't want to live like that. And I don't want to live with my parents anymore. So got to make sacrifices. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I found a job at a local university in the communications department as well. But um, before that, I had already planned a trip to Japan. And mm. so... I asked like my new boss to give me like three weeks to go to Japan and come back for the job. And she was like, sure, sure, do it. Um, so yeah, when I went there, I think I had never traveled on my own to a place that I just did not know anything about. I didn't even know. I, I knew how to say hello and thank you. That's it. And so I just went because I was really curious about Japan and um, it was such a challenge and I was alone and it just felt very like one of those trips that you're like that kind of changed my mindset a little bit. Mm. Um, and it was there that I kind of felt I had I had the first feeling of like, what am I going to do? Like I knew the job at the university wasn't what I actually wanted to do. So I was like, I'm going to have to find something, you know, like that's mm. not forever. So I already came into that job knowing that I wasn't going to stay. And I stayed there for like six months and a little bit before I quit, I was like looking for what I could do so that I could be my own boss. Because as soon as I started that job, I hated being told what to do. Mm. I hated that my time belonged to someone else. I hated that my boss could call me at 10 at night and ask me for a stupid Instagram post. Mm. And it was like, I'm, I'm about to go to bed. Like, are you kidding me? Um, and I just really hated that and I felt really stressed and so how old were you at this like and what age, like what year was this this was 2020 mm. so yeah this was like January 2020 right and before the pandemic or in the pandemic when did the pandemic right before like yeah. a couple months before it started um and so 
I started to think about that and I was like, I'm going to have my own business. Like, I don't even know what it's going to be. I don't care. I just want to do it. And um, yeah, and I started to talk to the professor that used to sit next to me in the <laughs> office. And I was like, I don't know. I just want to like do my own thing. And she's like, she's this Spanish woman. She's very outspoken. She's like, fucking do it. Like, just go quit right now. Go to her office. Tell her you're quitting right now. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't even know what I want to do. She's like, just go, go. And I'm just like, okay. So that's when I kind of started to think more like consciously of what I wanted to do. Um, I've always been very passionate about like reducing my waste like my mm. plastic waste um I'm just very traumatized about the amount of trash that we make and so mm. I was like I should do something related to that um and then you know I was like what if I like recreate my period panties which I had bought in New York the first time I went to New York in 2016 so it had been like four years and that's when I like told this professor I was like I'm thinking of making period panties and she's like oh my god that's such a good idea like you have to do it I'll be the first one to buy them but you have to quit <laughs> I'm like okay fine so I quit in February and that's when like my whole like plan to do this whole thing started and in April I started my master's and mm. in April is when the pandemic really hit like that's mm. when we were actually in lockdown so it was kind of great like for me the pandemic um, I have the privilege to say that it wasn't like a horrible horrible time um, I was studying I was still like making money through translations I work as a translator as well um, and so, yeah, it, it was just a moment to focus on studying. I really felt like I needed to do my master's in order to start my business because I just felt very insecure um, about my knowledge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I did that. And then when I finished, I just like it just kind of merged into blot. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> wow. I love this. And I have a question about Japan. Where did you go in Japan? How long? Like You were there for three weeks. Yeah. And where did you visit? Like, what was your favorite thing that you'd say, like, okay, this really changed my life? Or is there, is there a couple of things that you want to share yeah. with people? Because I think it's really nice when you get to experience. I went to Beijing mm -hmm. in February of 2018. Mm -hmm. uh, all paid, all expenses paid by my company. And it was the trip that changed my life. And mm -hmm. from then on is when I came back to New York and I was like, oh, this is... I can do more than this. Like there's a bigger world out there and mm -hmm. I never want to work for a company again. I hate advertising. I never wanted to be in advertising. Why the hell am I putting myself <laughs> through this? Like there's a bigger world out there. Like I went to China by myself for two weeks. I don't even speak Chinese. <laughs> like, yeah. and I made it like we can do this. Like yeah. I'm like, people are like, I'm like, what? we're designers. Like everybody needs to design. I'm like, Literally. if anything, we can just <laughs> make pictures and, sell it to hotels <laughs> i don't know whatever it is yeah but what was it that from japan um that you think that was like the trip that really changed things for you um well i i was like a week in tokyo then i was like in kyoto for five days then i went to osaka and then i went to these islands that are like in the southern part i want to say um and these are like islands that are just destined to be like 
museums like there's art installations everywhere around the islands like outside mm. um it's called Naoshima mm -hmm. and Tashima and all these islands and um I was there for like five days and I just being like surrounded by nature because it's just all like ocean and forest and art it was so inspiring and I was like so present um that I just like that feeling was something that I wanted to carry with me for forever like just feeling so at ease and without worrying about anything <laughs> just like walking around and seeing things and also getting to be with myself for so long um with my thoughts I hadn't done that in a while so I think it was just like very it was a challenge for me I'm not very good at being alone especially when I'm with a partner like when I have a boyfriend I'm not good at being alone and so that just really woke me up it was like wow like and it was right before I was gonna move in with my boyfriend and mm. so it was like who am I like as an individual and what do I want to do as an individual for myself um and so I think that really woke up like this first spark of me wanting to like seek something that actually make me happy mm. um rather than just like always following the steps of you have to go to college you have to do this you have to do the internship mm -hmm. you have to graduate in four years you mm -hmm. always you have to you have to you have to and I was like I just want to decide for myself no matter how much fear there is in that decision mm -hmm. and I think ever since then like all the decisions that I've had to make have shown me that I can that I can do it and that I'm capable and strong and and just that it's so much better once you choose something for yourself yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my god that's so inspiring it's like i'm 28 and i'm just starting to like <laughs> delve into that mm -hmm. and i think there's so much power before starting your business to really understand not only what drives you but what itch do you want to scratch yeah does that make sense mm -hmm. like tim ferris talks about it like this like you know as creatives we're constantly putting uh pressure into creating creative mm. things um and we forget that is about our itches yeah. because we're constantly putting like like you said like steps okay you need a certain amount of clients okay you need this type of clients or okay you can't survive in art unless you're like you know a developer or mm -hmm. you're a designer that ends up in an advertising agency or you go to the big big places um and he talks about it how we limit ourselves so much as creatives because there's like plans and boxes that we want to fit in and we yeah. always forget to scratch our own itches yeah and we want to scratch everybody's itches and we yeah. want to help all of our clients and we want to do all of these projects but we forget about our own itches you yeah. know like i tell major and i'm like wow like i just want to grow old and like paint and like collage mm -hmm. and like that's all I want to do mm -hmm. when I grow old um and I don't want to grow old mm -hmm. to do that like mm -hmm. I want to do that now yeah, I want exactly. to paint in the mornings I want to collage if I want to I want to message people for you know really vintage magazines so I can make really personal projects because mm -hmm. I'm a very conceptual artist you know and I think sometimes we forget about those personal itches and that personal individual signature that we mm -hmm. need to like 
develop in a way um and because i think the world not only goes so fast but because social media because of the internet because of all the beautiful nice things that we now get to have to make mm-hmm. the world more connected we also forget and i think we were talking about this today we also forget how much effort it takes to like live in this present like social media digital world because everything happens so fast and you consume mm-hmm. so much and you are always like okay what's the next step okay what's the next masters okay what's the next thing that's just to grab myself yeah. what's the next course what's the next this what's the next mm-hmm. this and then you're like what what do you want to do yeah. what are, what is something that drives you yeah um what is the mission that you have and i think in order for us to even transition into blot and how blot not only came into your life, but you kind of birthed it. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes from that need that you were like, you know, I want to not only be my own boss, but I want to do something for something that I'm passionate about, like yeah. reducing waste, like helping the earth, like mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, like um, helping our culture maybe move it a little mm-hmm. bit forward. What can we do to to move our day to day society into a place that maybe it's a little bit more uh future thinking into what you've seen in the world right you went in switzerland new york japan i'm sure you traveled to other places as well and i think there's this thing that when you get to travel and you get to expose yourself with different cultures different food different languages you want to bring some of that especially to a culture and a society that like ecuador is very close-minded i feel like Mm -hmm. but there is pockets of people in the society and pockets Mm -hmm. of um groups of people in the society that want to make these changes and i think what's really beautiful is that we are starting to all kind of weave together to create Mm -hmm. like a stronger pocket of like forward thinking people and more inclusive conversations and more thinking about the earth and thinking about those who we never thought about right Mm -hmm. um and i really love that i think it's just so nice to hear that it wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to make period panties because this is something like I want to make. It was like, OK, what's the idea or the concept or the need, the thing that I'm trying to really fulfill or achieve? Yeah. And then how can I what product can I create or what m- way can I create? or satisfy yeah. this need of wanting to reduce plastic or have a better earth for the future for all of us right yeah um yeah and i i, I just really enjoyed this little <laughs> intro of who yeah. is <laughs> <laughs> i love that we're in the intro and we're like 30 minutes in this is the I most know. amazing podcast um but so so this was the first of a three-part series with Caro Sotomayor, and I hope you enjoyed this episode with her. In the next episodes, we're going to be covering everything from menstruation, marketing, Instagram, communication, creating a product in the eye of all the taboos in a society that's quite conservative. And yeah, I really, really, really hope that you enjoyed getting to know just a little bit more about Caro and the woman behind Blot. Stay tuned for the next couple of episodes. And if you really enjoyed this, don't forget that you can DM me on Instagram at take through talks, or you can leave us a review on Apple podcast and check out the show notes on our website, take slash take three talks. Thank you so much for being here. You are amazing. And I can't wait to see you here on the next part two and three. Bye friends.